Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Hot Chicken Kitchen in Woodbridge, Virginia. If you love good chicken, if you love a good chicken sandwich, you have to go there. Been a few times, absolutely love it. If you like hot chicken, great. If you don't love hot chicken, that's great too. They brought Nashville-style chicken to the D.C. area. Their motto is unity through food. They are a veteran-owned, minority-owned business, and they are trying to create something for themselves, create something for the community, and trying to find ways to give back. Hot Chicken Kitchen, check them out. Go to their website. They're at 14313 Potomac Mills Road, Woodbridge, Virginia. Talk to Anthony or talk to Freddie. Tell them Tay and Todd sent you. Hot Chicken Kitchen, try it out. You won't regret it. Washington football team nation, what is going on? We have the 11-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. Todd, how you feeling? That's what we're going to talk about is, is how I'm feeling, how you're feeling, <laughs> how the fan base is feeling, because I think it's uh, a pretty interesting and important thing to to talk about how I'm feeling. Um like I feel like we're about to. I feel like a four and seven team is about to play an eleven and zero team. That's how I feel. Sure. That's how I feel. But before we talk about that, we should probably talk about our conversation with Jason Wright that we were uh, that we had a couple of days ago. We had the opportunity to sit down. I feel like we're getting into things real fast. I don't know. I just feel like we just dove right in. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um. Okay, so we had the chance with about eight or nine other individuals to sit down with Jason Wright and Stasia, who runs the Twitter account for the Washington football team. I think, well, she's the, the the social media manager or digital media manager. Chance to sit down with them, with Jason, really. And the first thing that stuck out to me the most, Tay, is like, obviously we've heard him speak several times. And then it was to hear him speaking to us, you know, specifically, it was, it was basically if he were, he's either the best actor in the world or he is 100% authentic. That's my biggest takeaway. Right. Like there's no way you can fake the conversations that we had with him. Right. Right. So, right. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to say the same thing. Uh, my favorite part of it was probably towards the end where, um, was it Stasia? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. She she said, all right, well, uh, it's time to time to wrap it up. And then uh, Jason's just like, no, uh, actually, come on, what the heck? I got I got some more. And, and we end up talking for at least another 15 or 20 more yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like stuff like that just stood out, and and I thought it was really really cool. And um, he's a he seems to be a great guy, and like you said, I think 
he wasn't faking. I think he really is 100% authentic. And um, it's kind of surreal, you know, just still even to this day, I'm just like, man, we literally communicated with the president of, you know, the Washington football team. Like, right. This is like, that's not normal, you know. Not no, it's many, really not, not, for, not for a, a yeah. professional sports organization. It's crazy. It's crazy. At the highest level of the biggest sport in the country. I was texting yes. a couple of my Lakers friends and I was like, imagine if you were in a, in a zoom meeting with Jeannie bus, because they're mm-hmm. the biggest Lakers fans in the world. Imagine mm-hmm. if you were in a zoom meeting with her talking about the organization, asking her questions, things you like to see. So, and then to, and then to consider that this or this team, this organization has been behind the curb or the opposite of everything, not just on the football side, but on the organizational side where, you know, the former team president spoke publicly maybe once a year. And every time he did, he said something that was so absurd, it became a headline every time. Yeah. And now we've gone to this. So so some of the things we discussed just to give as much insight as we can. Um, I did. I, I kind of did a voice recording, but we were, you know, well, when we were muted, we were kind of talking some and whatnot. And so I'm not going to use or including that. It's just so I could try to hear back. I'm terrible at remembering what, what people said. So. <laughs> Hopefully you're better than me. Yeah. Uh, okay, so one of the one of the first things that stuck out, he did mention that they have discussed retiring Sean Taylor's jersey. That that has been in discussion, something they've talked about. Okay, so that's something that fans have been wanting, and and that's something that they're clearly aware of. He another thing that fans would care about is he said, "I see y'all talking about the white on white jerseys. Just be patient." Mm-hmm. He said, "He said yeah. I see y'all. Just just be patient." Yeah. So not only is that, you know, significant to that specific thing that people have been clamoring for, but he's he's saying, like, I see what you guys are saying, because you look at Jason and I'm, I would imagine he doesn't spend a ton of time on Twitter, mm-hmm. not about 22 or 23,000 followers. But if you if you tag him in something and he goes on Twitter, odds are he'll see it. You right. know, you may have to scroll a bit, depends on how much he scrolls on that day. But mm-hmm. so. I think it's significant that the team president sees what the fans are saying, what they want, right? Yeah. Also, he, he mentioned something about, well, he asked, he said the burgundy gold, burgundy and gold isn't going anywhere. He said it's definitely not going anywhere. Yeah. And then one of the guys on there talked about, well, let's make it burgundy and gold instead of burgundy and mustard. Yeah, instead and of red yellow. and yellow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> red and yellow. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the hog, so, like Alex from Hogstide. Yeah, Alex from Hogstide. Yeah, so hopefully, and, he, and Alex from Hogstide also said um, black. He, he it was pitched. it was it was it was Kyle from Kyle. Okay. okay, Kyle. He pitched he pitched black. The all black. So yeah. Sorry about that, Kyle. Um yeah, he pitched black and he and and Jason he said he took note of it. So you, you just never know. And and uh, I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah. I mean, I'm trying to remember. So the questions we asked were what was most challenging, the most challenging thing he's had to deal with since he started. And he was he was I knew he was an honest, straightforward guy, but he was still surprisingly honest. When answering that question, I don't know what I expected, but he said that the most challenging thing he's had to deal with is cynicism from inside the organization, not the fan base, because I would that's what I would expect. But he said cynicism from inside the organization and people just, you know, we've kind of been down this road before. Why should we expect things to be different? But he said that as time goes on, that's changing. And it's, you know, people are starting to see that, you know, things are and can be improved. So I thought that was incredible honesty on his part our second question was how do you balance with the name and the and the design logo and all that between 
the older generation of fans who saw the Super Bowls, who are in love with it and the hogs and whatnot, the younger generation of fans who haven't seen Super Bowls, who like, who like things kind of different, you know, who love Red Wolves. Um, and he, he basically just said, that's the million dollar question is how, how do you find that balance? And one thing he did stick out too, is that he said with the, with the whole name conversation is that they can't come out of it feeling like an expansion team. He said, if they, if they feel like they are an expansion team after the new name and everything comes out, then they failed. And I think that would be relieving for people to hear. And I'll be honest to after talking to him, maybe you feel differently, but I, <laughs> it, it, it feels like a, a 100, like a total conundrum. I don't see, I don't, I have no idea what the name will be, exactly how they'll go about it. And so I just, I'm, I, I'm just completely, he, you know, he said that they are going to be taking the input of, of everybody, including Native American groups and leaders. He said they're absolutely going to be involved. Um, I think he said he, he had met with alumni, I think, recently. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he said That's that. That's what he said, yeah. Right, that he had recently met with them about the name. He talked about, which Julie Donaldson talked about as well when we spoke with her about one of the first things they fixed was um, was leave, maternity leave that was brought to their attention and they, they just fixed it quickly. Um, I'm trying to remember other questions that people asked that that would be... The new stadium. Shattering. Yes, about the new stadium. So he, 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 he kind of said that there, what, the analogy he used was that you're at the bar and you're trying to talk to this woman at the bar and it's and it's seven o'clock basically saying it's still very early like you are still in the almost can i buy you a drink phase of the stadium building process you're not in the let's go back to my room phase yet he's basically saying it's it's 7 p.m it's not 2 a.m yeah. he's building relationships and it was you could see how intelligent he is just by the way he speaks and the way he, 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 you know, and he tried to, as best as he could, give us a glimpse into his mind and how it works. Um, but he's working on building those relationships. And he said all the relationships that have to be addressed and the people they have to talk to in all the different counties and all the different jurisdictions and the political people and the, the pastors, and, you know, and the church leaders and, and, yeah. and just so many different things that have to be discussed and people who have to be spoken to. But also while saying, you know, if there if the stadium is going to get done by 2027, then the shovel needs to be hitting the dirt by 2024. Yeah. And so it seems like if that's their goal, then by 2023 ish, we'll have a lot more. We'll know a lot more about a stadium. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know they mentioned a couple guys mentioned something about having it as not only a um, a a site for football, but possibly it being like a a nationwide like sport wide like for the hosting of the olympics possibly right you know, right you, a venue yeah a venue that's that's so world-class that the olympics could be hosted there so yeah um he said he's thought about all that and um i thought that was pretty neat because how i mean how cool would that be honestly you know right right and and he and he said they want it to be the type of thing that can not only used on sundays but monday through saturday yep. can be yep. used uh, he obviously didn't talk about specific sites or anything like that because all of that is up in the air. Also, another thing he said, and he, and I have to just take it. We have to take his word for it because he's he by all accounts he's been nothing but honest. He said mm-hmm. no name has bubbled to the top. Like, there is no name that they're just working with now, and they're just having to say you know suggestions just to make it seem. I don't know how much they are listening to all these fan name suggestions 
and I don't know that the name will be one of the suggested ones by fans, but he, I don't believe that a name has bubbled up to the top. And, and it's, and it, I mean, it's definitely going to be the name next year uh, for sure. Uh, the colors are staying though. My thing of the, the colors and, and I almost wanted to ask this, but I still think lots of things are up in the air, but don't change them. But I would love to see a tweak and, and maybe if we speak again, but, uh, what other questions? Um, um, Maurice Hawkins, you know, who's the the founder of the former Redskins tweet team, now the DC tweet team, is talking about a fan ambassador program, mm-hmm. having fans essentially represent the organization going mm-hmm. both ways. So I guess speaking on behalf of the fans to the ownership, speaking yeah. on behalf of ownership to the fans. And he, Jason was like, I love that idea. Like you, he was yeah, like, I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Um. He also was talking about how it, the relationship works with him and the Snyders and saying, for one, that the Snyders are, are a duo. Like, it's both of them. He deals mm-hmm. with both of them. And was just kind of trying to give us a, an idea of how it works. Where He said, Dan is not in the building every day. He laughed, essentially, at that question. Like, Dan does not want to be here every day. Um, and just kind of, he gave an example of when they needed to redo the training fields, and and the cost and how they can offset the cost and, and so they sold a plot of land that they had and and so it's it, it really the relationship from what it seems like based on his the way he described it is that he's he's operating as the head of everything right. and and he goes to dan and says this is what we got to do and at that point it's or it goes to the snyders and says this is what we got to do and at, and at that mm-hmm. point it's you know it's them saying okay and then how do we do this i guess but Mm-hmm. But he's very much in charge, though. Yeah. Anything else that you can think of? Any other any other major takeaways? Any other specific questions or things that stuck out? I know we I know we talked about Dan and how he said Dan is kind of like a mastermind. Yeah, yeah. You know, in a sense, and he said he'll come to Dan with an idea, and um, and Dan would be like, "Okay, how do we? Yeah, how, how to make it a hundred times? Would like, <laughs> yeah, how to make a hundred times better? I thought that was yeah. pretty neat as well. So yeah, he said Dan, and 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 another thing that I noticed, and I, I know he's not lying. You know, Jason wouldn't lie about it because I know Jason has shown his character from the beginning, but he talked about how Dan worked his way up to where he is, you know, how he grinded. And I thought that was pretty neat. You know, sometimes we think people inherit things before, you yeah. know, and they, and, and they don't have to work for it. But the way he described that, that situation, he said that Dan, you know, pretty much worked to get to where he is today. And I, I grew, I, I, I kind of got gained some respect. I mean, even though, you know, I didn't know that, but I knew it. Not knew it, but I found that out, and I gained a lot of respect. Gained a lot of respect for Dan. So, yeah, um, and and I mean, if you want to talk about little tiny things, you know, people always point to when you know people have said in the past, "Well, it's Mr. Snyder." He said, "I'm it's Mr. Snyder." Call him Mr. Snyder. Don't make eye contact. Things like that, and and I don't discount that those things are true because we've heard it from, I feel like enough different people, but mm-hmm. Jason wasn't in there saying, Mr. Snyder, Mr. And Mrs. Snyder, mm-hmm. you saying Dan and Tanya. And mm-hmm. so if there's, if there's anything I can think of, and maybe the hiring of Jason Wright is, is evidence of this, but it really seems like there's been a, a growth or a change or a maturity on the part of Dan Snyder. And all we can do as fans is hope that that is the case. And, that Jason Wright, who's been given all this power and authority and very publicly because Brian LaFemina was brought in here 
and it was it was known, but it wasn't this big public ordeal. You also still had Bruce Allen in the building, who was Dan's right hand man, and then we all saw how that went because La Familia was gone within a year. Mm-hmm. This is different because Jason, for like I said, for one, it's it's a very big deal. He has been a very public face of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's not that's not including the fact that he is the first black team president of the organization mm-hmm. of, of a football NFL organization. And there is no middleman between Jason and Dan. So there is no Bruce Allen. There's no Vinny Serrato in between Jason and Dan Snyder. It's Jason mm-hmm. and Dan. And I've said if, if Dan Snyder is going to be the owner, which I'm just counting on being the case. The best we can hope for us as fans, as people, as anyone who who wants the team to succeed is for Dan to mess around and accidentally essentially hire the absolute right person and let them do their job because he's given power to people before because Bruce Allen had power and Vinny Serrato had power. They were just not the ones to, to, to give it to (laughs) Jason is the one to give it to Ron is the one to give it to. And so Jason is the right guy, right? So at this point, it's just, he did do this now just, it's a matter of if Dan has learned from those mistakes in the past and is just going to let Jason work because I have no doubt that the last 20 years could be more or less undone by the next 20 years. If you have someone like Jason Wright as team president, if you have someone like Ron Rivera as head coach and you get, you know what I'm going to say, get a quarterback of the future Mm -hmm. and build a team that can win for the next 20 years. And then suddenly 20 years from now, Tay, when I'm 46 and you're 48, and we have kids, and the Washington football team has won a couple Super Bowls, and they've they've contended for the playoffs, you know, most of the time, and, and they have not been a laughing stock or a joke. Then that will be a lot more fresh and a lot more meaningful than the first twenty years that we experienced. Right, right. That can happen. It's possible. It can mm-hmm. be undone. And I I think the people who can do it are in place now. They just have to do it, and they have to be given the time to make it happen. Exactly. But big thing is the time. The time, yeah. But the one thing I want to emphasize the significance of is, well, one thing I also need to say is that every person in there who was, they were really all podcasters, essentially, which is the specific group that they targeted. But if you go to every game, that doesn't make you more of a fan, right? If you own every Mm -hmm. jersey, that doesn't make you more of a fan. Like, none of these things, being a podcaster doesn't make you more of a fan. Like, everyone is a fan. We're all fans, my right. voice doesn't matter more than yours. Yours doesn't matter more than mine. We're all just, we just happen to be chosen. Mm-hmm. Probably because we go on Twitter and we don't say lots of dumb things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we speak, mm-hmm. you know, it, it makes sense. But I'm just saying, I agree that every fan does deserve a voice, but you deserving a voice doesn't mean I don't deserve a voice or that right. that, that we don't deserve a voice. And that just, you kind of see some of that on Twitter. But um, what I was going to say was, that man i lost it i should have just said it before i said that but anyway oh okay what i was going to say was the significance it's just i we cannot discount the significance that the the people at the top of the organization who are who are new it's been within the last year or so went from being the type of people who do not speak who do not say things publicly who throw the the head coach out there to say everything to do their bidding that the fans have no voice. The fans are never speaking to people at the top of the organization. Their voices are not heard. Went from that to having someone like you and I speaking to the team president, telling, telling him what we would like. Right. <laughs> that is incredibly significant. 
Yeah, incredibly sure. significant, and that cannot be downplayed at all. Um, the and then the last thing is just the questions he asked us was one, he asked us, he didn't say what name do you like, he said how much or he said how much does the specific name matter, essentially how meaningful is the name like. Where do you find the meaningfulness, if that's a word, in the name? Mm-hmm. You know, does it need to be something that is tied deeply to the DC area? Or, you know, does that, how much does that matter to you? Which is what lots of people said, most people said. Yeah. I personally don't care about that. But, um, but that was the question essentially was where does the name need to come from? Right. Um, and then he asked, okay, well, you know, they're, they're going to be improving. FedEx, because even though a new stadium is coming like seven years from now, that's still seven years. And so he asked what kind of improvements we would like to see. And then he asked about what type of fan engagement initiatives people would enjoy. Mm -hmm. And like I said, one of those was Maurice Hawkins and talking about having uh, 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 events over Zoom. Um, I can't think of the word, but just like uh, digital events and like the draft party that they had and, and then the ambassador a group and um, Freddie Ham from HTWR podcast talked about the, you know, fans from central Virginia who travel hours and that being a sort of a, something that where they come together to do that, like a pilgrimage. And so, and then Maddie Jane, who's also in the podcast with them asked about, you know, as a woman fan, which, you know, she was essentially representing them in that meeting. Yeah. How can they earn the trust of women fans of female fans back considering that it was largely females who were being, you know, belittled and, mm-hmm. and ostracized in the organization. And he had a great answer for that too, essentially saying it's going to take time for them to prove that everything they're saying and doing now is authentic. Right. I think that's, that's, that's all I can remember for now. If, I, if we think of anything as we go on, then we'll say it. For sure. Yeah. But that's, Mary, that's, that's pretty much the, the highlights, I think. Yeah. It was extremely, extremely insightful and, and, yeah, it was it was awesome to be a part of the first one too, and they also kind of said that they want to do stuff like that more, and so I think it'd be very cool to have a group of trusted fans who are you know, like level headed, logical, unbiased, mm-hmm. who can speak essentially on behalf of the fan base to you know the Jason Wrights or the Stasia or you know the Julies or maybe one day the Snyders. Right. Okay. But that's that was critical. That was probably more important than what we're gonna talk about with this game because that was significant. And yeah. It was very very cool to be part of. So Jason's not gonna listen to this podcast, but thank you for having us on, Jason, in the stadium yeah. and everyone else. <laughs> so let's go to the game. You asked me how I'm feeling. How mm-hmm. are you feeling? Okay, you go you go first, and then I'll say how I'm feeling, and then we'll talk about how. Uh, I feel kind of um, underdogish. Okay. Like, I feel like we have nothing to lose. And that's like a great spot to be in. Okay. And do you feel like that is the team's mentality? I think so. I think they're, I think they're going to play to win. And I think they're for like, Hey, why not us? And I think that's just the model that, that Ron has put in, you know, instilled in them. Like, Hey, we're not going to back down. Um, I don't think he's going to say we have nothing to lose, but, um, Essentially, we don't, and neither does Pittsburgh, because it's a NFC versus AFC matchup. And this now. loss doesn't hurt us. Neither does it hurt them. I mean, obviously, they have a perfect record, 
but I kind of get the vibes of a um, New York Giants Patriots kind of deal. Super Bowl. Super Bowl kind of deal where where our pass rush is just so good. And, you know, they're – I mean, I'm not going to lie. Their offense is, is very good. But I just – I like – I just feel underdogish. That's if that's a word. Underdogish is, is how I feel. <laughs> I feel. I feel. I feel good. I feel like I'm. I'm in a good spot. Let's just put it like that. I'm in a good okay. spot. Are you in a good spot in saying you think that they'll win, or you're in a good spot saying that you think that they can win, but also if they lose, you're not going to be disappointed. Or if they lose, are you, have you built your expectations of winning to the point that if they lose, it's going to be like earth shattering? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good spot. That's, yeah. Right there. Like. <laughs> If they lose, I'm I'm fine. So okay. like my expectations are so low that I'm okay with any results. Obviously, I don't want any injuries throughout the game because we need to get ready for San Francisco. But I'm just in a good spot because we have plenty of time to rest. We're getting some guys back. I see Cornelius Lucas back practicing. Everett. Everett's back. I'm just like, hey, I mean, I just feel good. I'm like neutral. Like I feel good, but at the same time, I don't feel bad. Okay. And just like, right, yeah. So in your- <laughs> In your heart, what do you expect to happen? I think we're going to win the football game. Okay. But my prediction is we're going to lose. I have a really good feeling about this game. Wait, you said you think we're going to win, but your prediction is we'll lose? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to understand that. Because I'm neutral, I'm neutral, you know? Like, I just feel like, okay. you know? Like, <laughs> okay. I'm just, my emotions are everywhere. Like, I... Like I'm trying to be level-headed because you know. Yeah, yeah, I get like that. The Washington football team, you know, I don't want to be let down, but I, I honestly feel okay. I feel better coming into this game than I did about Dallas. Okay. If if they had, if they had, how much of that do you think stems from them having won their last two games? Um, huge, <laughs> a lot of it, most of it, and, and how and how they won those last two games. Huge. Mm-hmm. Does who they played against those last two games deserve any consideration? No, the defense played. I mean, defense played good. I mean, the yeah. Cowboys. Look what the Cowboys did. I mean, again, the Cowboys almost beat them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. So. So, okay, that doesn't matter. And, and, no, okay. This is this. All right, I'm sorry. This is why <laughs> I feel so good. They're coming off of so many days off. Bud Dupree is out for for the season. Um, so that's one Hopefully guy, one less guy. Injuries. They're <laughs> going to be banged up. They only have three days to prepare. Really, I feel mm-hmm. that's why. That's why I feel so good. I think it's because of the the time layoff that we've had, the winning streak, the momentum, and also on their part. The, the fact that they're so removed from, I mean, yeah, they just played last night, but it's been a while. And on top of that, they have a short turnaround. Yep. Okay. And they play sloppy. <laughs> they did play very sloppy. And they had no bye week. They've had no bye week, too, you know, so they're going to have right. to give up one of these. They're going to have to give up one. Yeah, I, um, I, I think that there is credence to the fact that the Steelers – in in their eleven and zero have not been like the most impressive undefeated team. I think that they have had a a pretty soft schedule. They played they beat the Titans, the Ravens, and the Browns to this point, and the Colts. Um, two of those are divisional opponents, 
and then the Titans and the Colts are are good teams, but they've played you know the likes of the NFC East, the Jaguars, uh, Bengals. The, the Bengals. Yeah, you know, there I could look at their schedule. I just don't feel like it. The gist of it is yeah. outside of outside of the bang uh, the the Browns, Ravens, Colts, and Titans. No other team that they've played has a winning record at all, or even five hundred. And, you know, they've played some close games with some of those teams. At the same time, Washington fits the description of the teams that they've beat in the sense that it's a team that doesn't – that it's, has a losing record. On the other on the other hand of it, they, they – the Steelers have a tendency to play down to their opponents. A uh, close friend of mine who's a Steelers fan says that. They, that's what they do, the Cowboys game, right? Um, the, the games that they've really blown them out were the Bengals and the – Browns and I just feel like they are their older sibling and so that's just kind of what they do to them you know they just they just always beat the Bengals and the Browns kind of like that not always but most of the time and the fact that Washington has had 11 days extra time to prepare the Steelers coming off of a off of a really sloppy game that they really could have lost you know if if Luke Wilson catches that touchdown before halftime it's probably a different game mm-hmm so then they have five days and they are dealing with some injuries. But then I also think about the fact that they know they played sloppy and they're mad that they played sloppy and they've said it. I mean, uh, Mike Tomlin said they sucked. He said they played like junior varsity. They are not happy about that when they got yesterday, Tay. That, they don't, they're not feeling good about that one. And I think that's what concerns me because I can say that in a sense, this has the makings of a trap game for the Steelers because they're 11 and 0. They are, you know, their offense, I think, is it should be better than what it is at this point. I think they're stalling a bit offensively. Their defense is just so dominant and they're playing a team that they they shouldn't have to worry about. You know, we're just four and seven. Mm -mm. But then at the same time, the reason why I'm very curious to see this game is because the last time we saw Washington play a team with the winning record, it was the Rave. um, It was the, the Rams. And before that, it was the Ravens. And before that, it was the Browns. And before that, it was the Cardinals. And they lost all those games pretty handily by more than by two scores, right? Those were not close games. The Browns game was the closest one. And then they, yeah. the turnovers, they ran away with it. But the Cardinals game, the Ravens game, the Rams game, they were never even in it. Mm-hmm. Cardinals, yet, they were kind of in it. This is hard. To, the turnovers, the turnovers. The turnovers. I mean, it was, it was what? They, fourth, they beat themselves. The, I don't think the Cardinals came beat in the them. fourth quarter, though. Yeah, but I don't think the Cardinals beat them. I think we lost that game, if that makes sense. I mean, I get what you're saying, because you did have the turnovers and you did have the, you know, app keys. But I'm I I'm I don't think that I have an expectation for for this team to win. I'm more just curious to see how they play against the top level talent because I don't think that they are the same team that played the Cardinals and the Browns and the Ravens and the Rams. And I mean, they're not. And, and I think the quarterback play is going to be better. And I'm not just talking about Dwayne because Dwayne didn't play in the Rams game. But the reason why I have some serious doubts and concerns is just because that Steelers defense is very, very good. And I'm not so worried about the Steelers offense. And I think that Washington's defense can do stuff against them. Mm-hmm. But that Steelers defense is no joke. And I'm, I'm, I'm not... worried about Alex Smith and, and that pass rush. I know Bud Dupree is hurt, but they you see, I'm not, I'm not 41 sacks. Yeah. 41 sacks. They lead the league 41 sacks. Oh, yeah, turnovers. But I'm not – I just think our offense, our offense is just different. Like, 
I just I like then <laughs> my thoughts on the offense are this. I think that it's going to be either a hundred percent or zero percent, and by that I mean I think Scott Turner, who is who is improved, is either going to have them off balance because he's proven his his you know what he can do is is wide open. You know he's what he was doing at the beginning of the season, he's not doing now, and vice versa. He's changing, he's adapting, and he's doing more probably because players are getting more comfortable and more familiar and, mm-hmm. and Alex mm-hmm. Smith. Mm-hmm. So I think that either the offense is going to come out and they are going to be much more impressive than they have any business being because Scott is going to just be dialing up stuff that the Steelers didn't prepare for, or he's not going to do that. And the Steelers are going to, they're going to stop every swing pass from every running back. They're going to stop every jet sweep, every end around every fake. <laughs> I think it's either going to be a complete dud by the offense or a, how in the world are they doing this performance? I don't think it'll be in the middle. You know, I think we're really underestimating the fact that Alex Smith, he's been here. Like, that's that's why I'm so confident. Like, my quarterback, mm-hmm. he like, he makes me comfortable because he's been in these situations. And having him in the huddle with those young guys is only making the situation better. You know, and I, yeah. I, I just – and with Ron at the helm, Jack Del Rio, you know, I just think these guys are going to be ready. But, I mean, I, I just – is there any Man, part I, of you that thinks that that level of confidence is it irrational or no? For you, for for the for fans to have, period. I don't think so because look, if you look at the way we went, whether they're bad teams or not, you look at Gibson, you look at McLaren, and it's like, oh snap, these guys are for real. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And then you look at the other guys who are chipping, and you look at the play of the offensive line, you look at the defense, and yes, they're giving up big plays, but man, the defense is solid. You know, yeah, like that's that's a perfect way to describe the defense. Like they're solid, and I just it's a it's a prime time game. You're playing against. It's kind of like you're playing against the Warriors that year when they went set. You know, seven seventy two and ten. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like that's. I just get the vibe like, hey, Ron's like, all right, come on. Let's get, let's go. You know, we got nothing to lose here. We're playing a good team. What do you expect? Yeah. We're on Monday night. We haven't beat this team, you know, and, and you could tell he uses those things as motivation because you saw him after the, the post game uh, speech in the yeah. locker room, how, he, you know, how he, you know, it's the first time we swept Dallas since 2012, right? Right, right. Um, the first, the second time only that we won on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. You know, yeah, so I think yeah. he's going to use he's going to use those as motivation, and I think these guys are ready to play, man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of a mixed bag. I, well, okay, I, that that whole thing is just kind of about. I think, I think I am on the other side of it where I need to see them because they beat the Bengals twenty to nine, but I think we need to still acknowledge the fact that. The Bengals are an improving team, but not a great team. And that Joe Burrow did get hurt. That the Cowboys, they blew them out. And so I'm not discrediting what they did against the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are also not a very good team. And so I am, I need to, I'm holding off on any expectations of being able to play with the Steelers until I, or any team like that, until I see them play against them. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? I mean, it's, that's fair. That's fair. I just because and I think part of it is because like winning is like a drug, you know, it, it's it gets you high for real. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, after wins, we 
tend to get these expectations and i'm not trying to but sound negative but it's not just it's just the way we've lost those the giants games. i mean they and they've lost they've the been losing game. close games too yeah and then you're on a two-game win streak and it's like <laughs> hey <laughs> you got some yeah. momentum momentum is real like the Scott momentum is real momentum is <laughs> momentum is definitely real they do have momentum and it would seem like the steelers don't have momentum is what it would seem like yeah yeah but i'm just i am I my expectation for them to beat a team like the Steelers would have to come after I see how they perform against a team like the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Right now, my expectation is is for them to compete well, but I've also had that expectation and it and it hasn't come true. So I yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I I'm just seeing a lot of um I mean the fan base seems to feel confident, and I'm not gonna tell anyone not to feel confident. I'm I'm just saying how I feel. I'm not gonna tell you not to feel how you feel or anyone else. Mm-hmm. I just, I just know I felt this way before. I just know I felt good going into a game that you that you wouldn't normally expect to feel good going into, and then you come out on the other end of it, and you're just completely undone by <laughs> the way that you felt. Okay. okay, my question is: this. Have they played a pass rush as good as ours? I uh, no, I don't think they have. And that's and a that's fair point. That, and I think that's what you look at Ron's. You look at Ron's record in December. You yeah, look at Alex Smith's yeah. record in December and January. Mm-hmm. It's no coincidence, man. I just think it's not. It's not. This team is clicking at the right time, man. And and I think oh, I'm just glad it's Monday night. I'm so glad it's Monday or <laughs> afternoon or evening. But yeah, yeah. That, well, that you um, know what? I'm, Honestly, I think it's good that it's not a a quote unquote Monday night football team because I know it's all new right. people here. Right. But Washington's. Not just record, but point differential on Monday Night Football right. yeah. is unbelievably bad. <laughs> so I think it's but, good that it's Monday afternoon on Fox. But look, check this out too. Mm-hmm. Another national game yeah. for Gibson and for, Terry. And Terry, yeah, yeah. And I'm excited about that. And and, and Montez and Montez and, and Chase. Chase and Kendall and you know all these young Tim guys. Settle. Yeah. Absolutely. Washington is, you mentioned the sacks, which was something I had looked at. Um, and let me pull up. They're, they're tied for second with the Eagles. And I mean, part of, I mean, a lot of that is the defensive line and the aggressiveness, you know, by uh, Del Rio in terms of his play calling. You know, he likes to blitz, which, which I like. But let's look at who they've played, right? Uh, they haven't played. Okay, so they've played the Eagles, right, who which the Eagles kind of almost sort of came back, but they're this, they're tied for second in terms of sacks. But they've played the Browns, the Bengals. The Browns are kind of in the 10 range. The Bengals are way down close to the bottom. Uh, they played the the Texans. The Texans are, are in middle of the pack. You know, the Giants are middle of the pack. Um, they played the, the, with the Broncos and the Colts, I think. The Broncos are where are the Broncos on here. They're they're closer to the top, they mm-hmm. but they have not played well. The, the Eagles is the closest they've come to playing a top flight defensive line. But even then, they don't have they have interior. They don't have outside like us. I mean, yeah. they do, but not like like potential superstars like Sweat, Carrion, right? You know, the veteran and in Chase. And um, I was I think it was Steve NFL, um, who is a, a Twitter account who's good to follow. Always tweets insightful stuff. I think it's been 199 passing attempts since Roethlisberger got sacked. That's that's like four or five plus games. So 
Are you calling that street being broken? Oh, repeat that again. 199 attempts since Roethlisberger has been sacked. Are you calling that streak being broken? Yes. Here's one thing I'll say. I don't think that they will. I don't think it's about sacks for them. And I'm going to call it being broken, too, because it can only last for so long. But it's not only about sacks. It's largely about just pressure. If they get one sack, but they get constant pressure, that that'll be the difference. Ben can make plays under pressure, although he's not the same as he used to be, but he, he can make mistakes, ugly ones. And so that's what it's going to come down to. They have to pressure him. And I think they're going to throw the ball a decent amount. I mean, he threw the ball 50 sometimes yesterday. They're going to throw the ball out, and they've got to get constant pressure. And another thing is the Steelers like to get the ball out quickly. So it's going to come down to a lot of tackling and keeping yards after the catch to a minimum. But that's on the defensive side of the ball. Let me just point this out real quick. Steelers defense, points allowed first, yards allowed third, passing yards allowed first, rushing yards allowed eighth, sacks first, QB pressures a game first, QB hits a game first, interceptions first, takeaways first, third down percentage eighth, defensive blitz percentage third, <laughs> success uh, opponent success percentage when blitzed first, meaning they have the best defense at that. <laughs> Opponents red zone scoring percentage. <laughs> They have the, the best opponent completion percentage. They're giving up the least. They're the best. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very curious to see Alex perform again, against because look, the question, it's not a matter yeah, of if he is going to be under a lot of pressure. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's a good, good defense. <laughs> it's going to be. It's a very good defense. If, this is the only thing that scares me is the defense. Yeah, right. I um and I no. and just the way that they they came out and really showed themselves strong on Thanksgiving proves that they can play on a big stage in front of everybody and play well. So we know that they can do that mm-hmm. now. So can they do it? I need I want to see if they can do it again against a higher level of competition. Yeah. But I know that go ahead. We'll see. I said, like I said, we'll see. It's going to be um, the stats are out there. Their defense is very, very good, and that's the only thing. That's the only reason why I kind of have that doubt. But like I said, I feel good because, like I said, I mean, we're expected to do terrible, you know, and yeah. anything above terrible is is good, you know, in, is, in my books, yeah. you know. So no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I. But the defense I, is going to have to win this game for us. Yeah, defense would would definitely have to make plays defense and special teams. Them. Yeah, absolutely. That's how the Ravens almost did it. So yeah, I don't. I mean, I I just I I we'll, we'll just see. I I think that there is a large section of the fan base though that kind of has high expectations of winning, and if they don't, then suddenly these last two wins that Washington has are gonna not matter anymore. And I just don't think that's fair because the Steelers are. Mm-hmm statistically the best team in the NFL. So not only does it to me depend on how they lose, but if they lose still the Steelers are a very good team. And the and the fact that they that this exactly. Washington team, team is yeah. So I just don't that's what I that's my mainly why I'm asking these questions is because I it just seems like people will be very, very upset and disappointed if they don't beat the Steelers. And I just 
hope for them to win, and you can think they win, but if they don't, don't get mad at them. I, that's just because the Steelers are, yeah. are the better team. But, uh, yeah, that's – You know, I'm, start, I'm, I'm starting to get – what I'm starting to get is if and – I, and I feel really good if we're winning at halftime or, like, close at halftime, I have a – I feel very good about us winning the game. And it's because we're such a good second-half team. Now, that is true. You know, they are like very the Cowboys good second-half team. I said, man – yeah. Yeah, like like the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. We were up twenty sixteen or whatever yeah, the score it was. was, it was twenty thirteen, I think. Twenty to thirteen. Twenty thirteen. And um I'm not gonna lie, man, I was feeling I was feeling really, really good because I said, Man, if we're up twenty at halftime, these guys, I mean, we're good in the second half, and then lo and behold, we put the, we put up twenty more more points. So Yeah. They so uh, the key is going to be the first half, at least getting close, like keeping it close, right? Keeping it close uh, in the first half. They de- they they definitely are a second half team. It's insane how much of a second half team they are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll just have to see what happens. I personally don't think that they're getting like screwed or anything, having their game pushed back. Uh, also, I think the best I can think of is that the reason why they did push it back a day was because. Usually you'd go from playing at at one on Sunday to at eight on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Steelers are going to go from playing at three thirty four on Wednesday to it would have been one on Sunday. That's about a mm-hmm. ten hour difference or so, and that's mm-hmm. that is time. And then usually both teams are going from Sunday to Thursday. In this case, they're going from Wednesday to Sunday. We're going from Thursday, so you know it's not the same. That's yeah. the best I could think of. I don't really I don't really care about that. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think the one day for Washington is going to significantly affect their game against the 49ers. No, I don't think so. But yeah. Okay. Bob, do you want to just do some wins of the week? Yeah, I got a couple. Let's do, uh, go ahead. One of the week, one of the week for me is one of the week for me would be Alex Smith. Just proving that he's back looking good, getting better mobility, mobile mobility wise. And, um, just showing that he's back. Uh, one in a week is another strong showing, or not necessarily strong, but a safe showing in a sense of protecting the football, moving the chains, not putting our defense in a bad spot, uh, completing third downs, um, stuff like that. So just a, a very well-rounded game okay. by uh, Alex Smith. I'm going to stay on that Alex Smith token, and I'm going to say one of the week for me is him making out of the game healthy just because he's going to be mm-hmm. under a lot of duress, mm-hmm. and there's going to be guys at his feet and stuff, and so mm-hmm. I don't want him to get hurt. And then Dwayne gets thrown in the game, and then that's not going to be good because he's going yeah. to be coming in cold against the best defense in the NFL. So one of the week for me is Alex Smith staying healthy against the not just not just best in terms of sacks, but best in terms of pressure. You can get hurt without getting sacked. <laughs> Right, right. So, yeah. Right. Uh, in the week for me would just be Terry, another strong showing by Terry against some very good corners mm-hmm. and some safeties and a good secondary. So that will be a win. I think this one, if, if he if he does very well this game, at least goes over 100 yards, I'm assuming, hoping he'll clips that 1,000-yard mark this week. Um, I think he'll put the league on notice once again. And um, I think he'll – start getting some more votes. So one in a week for be Terry having a strong outing. Okay. When of the week, it's interesting you said that, because I was going to say would be Sims, Sims or Wright 
having a big game because the Steelers being a good defense and knowing Terry is that main weapon, I wonder if they'll, you know, do everything in their power to take him away, which if they do, someone else will be open. So for me, one of the week would be assuming that, that, that they're taking Terry away completely. One of these second uh, guys stepping up and, and really having a strong performance and, you know, winning on their routes, catching the ball, making some plays. If Terry is being double covered a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Winning a week would be press, get some bump and run. Uh, ben likes to get the ball out quick. If I'm yes. not mistaken, he gets the ball out quicker than anybody quicker. in the NFL right now. Yeah, right. I think so. Um, yeah. Let's play some bump and run and kind of let's let these pass rushers get, get, get into him a little bit. Uh, I expect a big game from Chase Young. I just think his – I think Big Ben's body and, like, his prototype as a quarterback fits with what we want to do in attacking. So I'm just praying – not praying, but I'm I'm hoping that uh, we can get – well, yeah, praying that we can get some not uh, Minuski – 20 yards off the line uh, <laughs> yeah. defense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we can get some yeah. get up in your face, which I think we have some good guys that can do that. Jimmy, uh, Curl, you know, in the, um, in the slot sometimes, and Fuller and Darby. And, uh, yeah. That so, one of the week play. would be um, getting defense, just the secondary playing some bump and run coverage and, and getting the bend. That's a good point, too, because like you said, they get the ball out quick. And then the pressure comes when you stop the quick throw. When the first one's not there and the second one's not there, the pressure mm-hmm. should be there by then. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I like that one. One of the week for me would be Chase Young sacking Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. If you can just get that one, that's the one of the week for me. Be a sack to... fumble, too. Yeah. Because um, he's loose with that football. He is loose with it. He does the, you know, once he starts moving around, that ball is just kind of hanging yeah. out there. Yeah. So all you got to do is, is get like one good swap. He threw a crazy pick yesterday. Oh, my goodness. In the, yep. in the red zone. In, in the, oh yeah. Man, yeah. That was, we don't never get no picks like that. No, I, we never get the easy ones. No. And then he ran out of the end zone, and they were at the five-yard line instead of the 20. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, I have a next one, but you can go ahead. Uh, one of the week would be, hmm. Win of the week would be uh, just a competitive football game. Just keep me in. If we lose, just 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 keep it competitive to the end, like we, like we have been doing from majority of the football games this year. Uh, just win of the week would just be national respect around the league. Like, hey, this Washington football team just might win this division. Okay, yeah, I was mine's in kind of in the same vein where I was gonna say, don't just like give the game away, don't just mm-hmm. turn it over, you know, don't have silly fumbles, don't throw pick sixes, don't just give it away, like battle with them, don't hand right. them the game, don't have muff right. punts, you know, don't have dumb missed tackles or or um you know blown coverages. Like, like make it like, like battle and fight and don't let the, don't make dumb mistakes that just hand them the game that they didn't make you make. You just made. Right. That's my last one. You got any more? Okay. Uh, one more with me for me would be, dang, what is it? I just lost it. Uh, <laughs> one of the week would be uh, going into Monday at five o'clock with having the Giants loss. Dallas lose. Well, Dallas plays Tuesday, but having the Giants loss or, Eagles loss 
and just being able to know that if we lose, we're not in bad shape. Mm. But if we win, we're in really, really good shape. <laughs> <laughs> the Giants play the Seahawks. The Eagles play the Packers. So I think you're going to get that one. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Because that'll be, I mean, that that's mm. something going to that Monday game. It's just like, all right, guys, if we win, then at that point, we just need to beat the Eagles in Carolina. And that may get you the division. Right. All right, I think that's all I have got. Um, the actually one last thing, another thing that does concern me is the Eagles go hard for that ball, punching it out. And Washington, I, what did I say? Who did I say? Eagles. Eagles. Yikes. Same Steelers. State, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I was close <laughs> geographically. Yeah. The, the Steelers go hard. They punch that ball out. They did it a few times. I mean, it was going out of bounds, but they go hard after the ball. Washington fumbles giveaways let's see they have a total of nine fumbles so which is which is right towards the top so um that's uh, that's something that concerns me is is they can't be loose with the ball because the sealer will knock it right out yeah for sure for sure now that's all i've got i'm all set i'm ready to go into this game and and then just see what happened my prediction is is just that the better team will win yeah, <laughs> it's that the better team will win. What's yours? Uh, I go, I go 21, 24-17, uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. All right. We'll see. I wanted them to just come out on Dallas and just you know, not act, not come out flat and dumb, and they didn't. So I wanted to see them do it again because yeah. they get an unexpected primetime game against the best team in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you again next week after the game takes place. And maybe we'll be celebrating a win. Who knows? If you ask Tay, he might say yes. If you ask me, I'm probably saying no. We'll see what happens. (laughs) This is Todd. This is Tay. Thank you for listening. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.